the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Date Day edition. Thursday is always Date Day of the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, life questions today with Paula here, relationship questions, or anything else that you've got on your heart. All you have to do is to provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Hi. Hi. What's up? Well, a lot. I have a lot to say today. You know, a lot to talk about, I should say. But first, I wanted to say this was this has been a very exciting and interesting show this week, even though you weren't on Monday, um, but Tuesday and Wednesday. You had some really good... Preempted by Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. It, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I was laughing because of some of the questions you had and the stories I was thinking about at home. Um, I think Scott, yeah, Scott uh, said, was asking the question, and you were saying that um, pastors, the qualifications of a pastor, an elder or bishop, all those things, and you have to have a good reputation with outsiders. Well... You started to tell a story, and I was like, I know which one he's going to tell. And then you didn't tell that one. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember the time when you were calling about, you called the cable company, and, um, you know, I guess checking the bill or something. No, it it wouldn't work. Oh, And it was like a Spurs game or something on. Oh, that's what it was. And, you know, it's easy to be really, get angry. Come come Mm -hmm. on, somebody come in and help me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You anyway, can't act like that. Can't act like that. And, and good thing you're you're changed, you know, <laughs> because free Christ, you might have been a little bit on the frustrated side, but you did really well. But then the lady who you were talking to said, "Hi, Pastor Ron," <laughs> and and I we just were, just as I was signing off. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could have a lot of time to blow it. Yeah. But she said, "Hi, Pastor Ron." Hi, Pastor thought, Ron. Yeah. You know me. Yeah, yeah. And you just you kind of think, you know, good thing you have a good reputation because she would have had, you know, the list of all the shows and movies you would have ordered or anything. And so good thing you're... I was looking at the wrong stuff. Uh-huh. Had I blown it and got angry with her, frustrated. Yeah. And and just here's a, a confession to everybody. I get frustrated every time I'm talking to people in a phone bank somewhere trying to fix something or yeah. just, yeah. you know, I just want to talk to a person, yeah. you know, instead yeah. of giving me the 20-minute list of options how about somebody just say hi how are you and but i didn't (laughs) sin in my frustration yeah you did and at the end she said uh um i said is there anything else i can do for you and she and i said no 
that's all. Thank you. And she said, my pleasure, Pastor Ron. Uh-huh. And I thought, ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember her name to the day, Yvonne. Oh, Yvonne. Yvonne. Her name was Yvonne. And then another time when, you know, we were just done with our old computer, because we, we got a new one, praise the Lord, and one of our guys put that in, and we didn't think anything of it, so we just put it out at the trash. And anyway, somebody, some man came along and, and picked it up, and he called the church, or he came to the church. Did he come to the church? Yeah, yeah, he came to the church. Okay, and he said, wow, that's the cleanest computer I've ever seen. And I didn't know what he was doing, but he picked up my computer and checked it out, I guess, uh-huh. want to see if I'm really who I say I am or something. Yeah. But it, it was just kind of strange. Yeah. And in a weird way, I felt kind of violated, like, well, why are you picking it up? Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I guess I learned never to just to put a computer out <laughs> of the trash again. Uh-huh. But, um, you know... People are watching. Yeah. They're always watching, and we've got to be aware yeah. that they're watching. Yeah. I remember one time we were sitting at probably, um, what's, the, what's the restaurant we used to go at the mall? Luby's. Luby's, yeah, at Luby's. And this man. Paul McNair, if you're out there, we love you. We're yes. so grateful to God for you. Absolutely. Wish you were still there. Absolutely. And so this man comes up to our table, and he says, um, I've been watching you. You know, thank you. Out of his window, evidently, because we used to have a really big dog when we got here. And as we'd walk around the neighborhood, you know, our dog would have to do what we went on that walk to do. (laughs) You got a big dog, you got a big pile. Anyway, but you, you know, between you and me, but usually it was you, would take the plastic bag and, you know, scoop that up. And so he said, I've been watching you for a while. And thank you for picking up after your dog. I mean, just here it is, Pastor Ron and Paula walking around, and if we aren't setting a good example, people are watching. People are always watching. God is watching, but people are watching as well. So, you see, Paul, that's the beauty and, and, the, and the simplistic beauty of just being with Jesus. You, you don't have to think, oh, I, I need to do this. Somebody might be watching. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just it's who just you what are. You do. Yeah. And, and it's because that's what... He would want you to do, and we want to bring glory to him. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's it's kind of weird. You know, um, I always, in, in my pre-Christ life, um, I always had a, 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 an influential role in people's lives because I was a boss. But it was never public. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have my, my name on the mm-hmm. car dealership I owned mm-hmm. or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but so, so, I mean, I could be sort of under the radar, uh, but I, I never realized that doing what I do now, I was going to step into uh, a very public persona and, um, you know, your life is just out there and open for people to examine and just by nature of what we do and the, 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 the teaching the Bible, the way we do, um, you know, you make a lot of people mad. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus one day just told me, don't worry about that. Just make sure that the things that they're saying about you aren't true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the way to do it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even at our apartment complex when we first moved here, we found out that, you know, we were throwing our trash in the trash with everybody else. We found out that people were going through our trash to make sure we were who we say we really are. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. So, anyway, that all just to say we got to... Mm-hmm. In the just being with Jesus, you will do what's right. And the just being with Jesus and being in his word, you will change. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about, am I doing anything wrong? Yeah, not that mm-hmm. we're perfect, but, you know, and that's probably not necessary to say. But I think it might have been necessary to say. <laughs> we, we still got stuff, but walking hand in hand with Jesus, you're more likely to do what's right instead of what your flesh yeah, it's because you do. want to do what's yeah. right yeah. you know you're, you're not doing it because people are watching you're doing it because that's who you are and because you're with him yeah. it it just changes who you are changes your heart your motives and everything else mm-hmm. and, and and yesterday oh it, yes the other a, thing with is a, the call yesterday yeah john from john yes I, and, and he said alma yeah his wife i remember them yeah, and I think they had a little boy. Um, we went out to more like an early dinner with them. I think it was over on Broadway. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. a little restaurant. And in fact, I think we went to their house. But yeah. that was, I don't know how many years ago. Oh, wow, it was a very, 20? very long time ago. Uh, John was an interesting guy. He was a symphony musician. Yeah. And and just to hear him pop up and, and you know, and I wouldn't, you know, he said, uh, I actually went to, we went to dinner with you, uh-huh. went to lunch with you yeah. one, one day. Yeah. And, you know, that happened so often where I wouldn't remember. But when he, when he mentioned his wife's name, Alma, mm-hmm. it was really clear. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's an unusual name. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it's interesting. It just. Yeah. So hi, <laughs> give give our love to your to your wife. Anyway, well, okay. So all the highs and you know it was a good show. There was other other you know really good questions and stuff. But what I wanted to talk about in the first half of the show, I got it planned out today, Pastor. Ron. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, go with me on so this. So if, if I butt in and you get, just give me that look, like back off, dude. <laughs> back and, off, dude. Yeah, and I'll be quiet. <laughs> And and you can just I don't want to mess up your schedule. No, it's it's all. It's I got to go home with you tonight. I don't want to mess up your schedule. Yeah, you don't want me to get in the car and leave you over here, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, in the pastor's class this that we just had, I thought it was a really good, a really good class. And the question you asked in the first half was, um, why do we lose our objectivity when it comes to our family members? When we choose our family, we're standing against the Lord. Do we really trust Jesus enough to leave our family in the Lord's hands? What are we willing to lose for the sake of Christ? Yeah, and for the sake of, of the audience, we were talking in this particular part of the of the time. The Pastors Discipleship class is a, a thing we've been doing now for, gosh, 25 years. Um, just it started out me just preparing men to go pastor churches. Mm-hmm. And it's over the years morphed into we're not planning churches like we did at the beginning. We've planted so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, we're just it's preparing people who really want to go deep with the Lord. And, um, you know, all of our pastors have come out of that class. All of our elders have come out of that class. Um, the pastors, of course, that we planted churches, those men have come out of that class. Uh, and, and so it, it's it's a class where uh, it's every other Saturday, uh, holidays accepted, or if, if I'm traveling or something, um, and some men and their wives, and or we've got single men and single women in mm-hmm. the class as well. Mm-hmm. And it really is a blessing. I think the most fruitful uh, in terms of productivity ministry uh, in our church in the history, Paula, um, uh, because every Sunday I've got those 60 to 70 people who are really here on a mission to mm-hmm. serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and I guess in a Baptist church they would they would be deacons, but but it's even more than that. These people know that they're accountable um to, to serve, uh that they need to be available to people. So it really changes the dynamic of the church. They can be my arms and my my heart and my voice and my ears and sure. Um, so, so that's what the pastor's discipleship class is all about. No longer just for potential pastors, but it's a discipleship class. Mm -hmm. And it's been really, these people have really been a gift and I love it because when new people come and they get excited, they get involved in the class and it, it just sort of makes their, their, their involvement, speed up and they really get invested in things right away so yeah, yeah. that's what the pastor says I'm sure mm-hmm. okay now I'm, I, I'm throwing you off schedule so uh, no 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 okay. this was what I wanted to happen so the first thing you said after that could you ask that question you said the people who want to be deceived can be the people who want to be deceived can be um, and then you also said that the real proof of our love is to tell the truth about who God is and who we are in him and who others are in him. And so, you, you know, you, after you ask the questions, uh, what are we willing to lose for the sake of Christ? Um, Pastor Juan, and I asked his permission to share his name, he said, there's something special and miraculous that happens when a family reads the Bible together. And he also said, and I took a little bit of offense to this when I told him that too. He <laughs> says, Pastor Ron, you've been harping on husbands and wives reading the Bible together. And I just said, no, 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 no. He doesn't harp. He just was driving it home. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but he says that there's something 
special and miraculous that happens when a family reads the Bible together. He says, when I sense my family going off a little, he said, it's my fault. And then I bring them back together to the word of God. And so, you know, when he sees that, you know, there's some tension or there's a little bit of drifting that's going on in his family, that they're not really just, including him, not really following God's ways, he says, oh, that's my fault. I'm lacking in my, my, really, basically his duty to lead his family to Christ. And so he has to bring them all back together. And what you said after that was, no, no, he said, there's one phrase that can ensure a good year. And that John 2, 5 that, you know, you asked, does anybody know what that says? And Mary said to the servants, do what he says. Listen to him and do what he says. And do so, everything he tells you. Mm-hmm, do That's everything he tells you. And you said, um, you know, with with the fact that husband and wife, and in the other case, not just husband and wife, but families reading the Bible together, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? And the only way we can really agree is if we're in agreement with God himself. And so um, I just thought that was key yeah, for you know, our walk. You know, Paul, it's been, and you, you know better than anybody, but it's been bothering me for a long time. Uh, the, the, the class started off talking about uh, those families whose families are being devastated by uh, homosexuality or transgender activity. Um, and, and we've got people in our church somewhere in that pastor's discipleship class mm-hmm. um, who, whose families have been torn apart by this kind of thing. That yeah. we want our kids in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, we also want our kids in our, in our lives. Yeah. And, and I said to the class, I said, you know, it's really bothering me that, that kids that were raised in church, you know, the parents did the right thing, take them to church, uh, parents that had family devotions together, uh, they did the right things. They, they've, they've raised their kids talking about Jesus, knowing about Jesus. But now when a, a kid comes home and says, I'm gay or I, I'm, 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 I know you think I'm a boy, but I'm a girl, um, it bothers me that in order to keep the peace, not to threaten the relationship, many of these parents are just accepting, which is truly affirming the choices that their kids are making. And it makes a mockery of the faith that we've raised our kids in for their whole lives. And basically what we're saying to these kids is the Jesus I raised you to love, the Jesus I raised you to know, well, he's not that important to me too because I choose you Mm -hmm. over them because I want peace in the home. And, 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 And nobody understands the the uh, the 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 connection between uh, parents and their children any more than I do, <coughs> and the reality is, what we've got to do is make a choice that we're going to serve the Lord, even if it costs us the relationship with our children. Yeah. And there's just too many Christian parents who have literally chosen their children over their relationship with God. Yeah, um, Annette was saying. That when we read together, supernatural power, conviction, and courage is a result. And if not, if we're not reading together or even reading individually, reading with Jesus right there next to you, if not, we cop out of the confrontation that we really should be having and saying, no, sweetheart, you were born a boy, you are a boy, and I'm not going to call you anything other than who you are. I, especially as the mom... I gave birth to you. Carried you my body for nine months. No, 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 no. no, no. Tell our kids that all the time. That's exactly right. When they get upset, Uh, no, I, no, no. I carried you my body nine months. You listen to me. That's right. I know what I had, and that's who you are, and who you will always be. Um, But see, even there, Paul is a great time to open the Bible, Genesis one, and say, "In His image, we were created." Yeah. He He created us in His image, Mm -hmm. and and He didn't make a mistake. Yeah. And suddenly it doesn't change because it's what we want to do. Twenty twenty-three, and and this is how other people affirm us. Yeah. Um, we there's some things that we don't get to change, yeah. and parents who are taking a, a stand for that are encountering um, opposition from other family members. Um, you know, uh, it, it will, well, I want to be called this name now. Uh, I want this pronoun to be used, mm-hmm. and and moms and dads simply need to say. 
uh, let's open the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and if the, if the child is unwilling to do that, and that would always be the case in a situation mm-hmm. like this, well, it doesn't matter what the Bible says because this is who I am and this is what feels right. And, and if you want anything to do with me, then this is what you're going to have to accept. That's a time when an ultimatum like that is given. That's a time when you got to say, you know what? I choose Jesus. I love you with all of my heart. I always will. Mm-hmm. But I love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell you that, and I've said that in our church a lot. You know, I love you more than I ever dreamed it was possible to love another human being. I mean, you, you're, you're everything to me. But you're not even a close second when it comes to Jesus. Yeah. Because you haven't done for me all that he's done. You haven't made me the promises that he's made. But you have agreed to walk in those promises with me. Mm-hmm. So what I've got to do is is understand I'm responsible that, that you and I can walk together in the promises of God. Yeah, yeah. But what happens is uh, we cop out of the confrontation, giving in to fear, and then we justify it to our friends and our family and ourselves, saying, well, you know, it's legal now, and you know, if it's if it's legal, we we sh- we could go along with it. But uh-uh, don't do it. It's just it's just compromise, pure yeah. and simple. And and we are so willing to compromise what we have always held true. Mm-hmm. We've we're willing to compromise that um, just to keep things peaceful. Yeah, uh, we're afraid. In in many cases, fear. Well, if I if I don't accept him or accept her for who they are, mm-hmm. then uh, they're going to get out of my life. And then if they have grandchildren, I'm not going to have my, and, and see, that's selfish to the core. Yeah. What we got to do is just realize, Jesus, uh, you love them more than I do. Yeah. And unfortunately, Paula, yeah. that's just not something that people connect. They don't make that connection. Yeah. And you're uh, right, talking about keeping the peace. One uh, one. Uh, man said that parents aren't willing to go all the way for fear of paying that price and then there's because that tension that's in the marriage you know you had a question last week and this week about uh, a a man who's reading the bible to his children but they seem to be bored last week you had a wife say you know why don't you just give that up and and then this week you had another man say the same thing should he quit and it was like no, 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 no. You don't quit. That's your job to lead your kids um, to the Lord. And so, um, yeah, that tension in our marriage, in our in the marriage, um, we don't want that, you know. And, uh, and you said, if we're not standing with the Lord, we're actually opposing Him. Yeah, we must decide who we really. Are. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We had one couple whose family has been torn apart by homosexuality. Yeah. And and the husband and wife initially weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. And um, um, she is the one who testified during the, the, the class. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, uh, we always hear you talk about husbands and wives reading together. But what's happened in our home when we've been reading together is God has knit our hearts so together in this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're, we're bolder and, and um, we, our, our son knows that we love him. Um, and it just all of this has happened because they, they decided they were going to agree with Jesus and to do that, they need to read together and find out what Jesus said to do. Yeah, yeah. She was the a bit of a usurper of the authority uh, over her husband. But when they got in the word together, she said, and that was her. This was her, yeah. and he and her husband sitting right there next to her. Um, but she said, when she and her husband got in the word, that it really works. And what they ended up doing, because they're now united with Christ and the Holy Spirit's there helping them. Um, They set the example. They were standing. They were being joyful. And they were giving all their anxieties to Jesus. And she even actually, I don't think she was thinking, right, but she even apologized because she says, I love my son, but I love Jesus more. I'm so sorry. It's like the rest of the class was like, no, girl. That's where it's, That's supposed, where to be, it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. But that transformation and, and the, the the depth that 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 marriage has is entered into, 
is is just remarkable. So to hear that kind of a testimony, mm-hmm. and you know, we think, well, things are getting terrible if I if I cut him or cut her out mm-hmm. of my life. My mijo uh, no, and my mija. Yeah, and, and it's not. They're the ones who are who are giving the ultimatum. This is this is the way I'm going to live. You accept it, or mm-hmm. you or you don't get any part of me. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. And in this case, the boyfriend of the son. Um, they wanted to come and stay at the house, and the husband would say no, and it was causing friction. Mm-hmm. But what happened when they got in the Word together, not just about this issue, yeah. but just in the Word together, yeah. um, people don't understand, but it's it's a supernatural book and, and the supernatural power of God that lives in us knits hearts together in ways that nothing else will. Yeah. And the problem is too many people simply don't yeah. give that a chance. That's right. And what, like what Annette was saying was when they read together, the supernatural power, conviction, and courage comes. Mm-hmm. Before, without the Holy Spirit being a part of this whole thing, you don't have that power. Mm-hmm. You don't have that conviction, nor do you have the courage. Really quick, tell them what Louis said about when they were arguing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, because time. Louis says when they're getting ready to have intense fellowship, he just says, "You know, like we're going to be friends in fifteen or twenty minutes. Why don't we just go there now?" <laughs> I love that. We're going to be best friends again. We're gonna be best hey, friends we've again. got thirty minutes left in the show. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of the date day show paula is live in studio looking bright and ravishing by the way in my green in your light bright green thank you so much 340-9585 if you have any comments or questions for paula um paula now you're in the second half of your show you i got, know but you got a plan i got a plan but i i, I over talked talking <laughs> about all the questions from the week and you know saying hi to john and alma and all this stuff so i have just a little bit more in this okay. in this one so, it's your show yes it, thank you so much so Talking about, you know, trying to avoid the pain in our life. My, my twin sister Lucy says people do things to avoid pain. The kids leave. You know, we're talking about I'm, I'm going to leave because you're not going to let me do what I want to do. But the kids leave because they can't do what they want. And parents, and parents compromise to protect themselves. Like you're saying, it's just a selfishness of I don't want the pain. I don't want the, the struggle of the fight. And we got to remember, we are in a fight. We're in a fight to win our kids' lives. My, our kids would come home and say, the teachers are against me and this and that. I said, nope, nope. Those teachers are there. Teachers are heroes to me because I would have decked a kid along. <laughs> <laughs> I would give me some bungee cords and duct tape. That's how I could be a good teacher. Just pin them to the wall and put some duct tape over their mouths and let them Who were we talking to recently talking oh about spending some time as a as a substitute teacher? Say, oh, no, I cannot do that. Mm-mm. These kids get away with way too much. No. So, yeah, we try to do anything we can to avoid the pain. Okay, okay, baby, you, you think that's who you are? You go ahead and be that. You know, I heard, we heard the story in California that some parents and teachers are letting their kids Act like animals. Yeah. I mean, meow. It's called furries, and they identify as a cat and or other animals. And and, uh, there's one story I read uh, in the news, credible media story. Um, This girl was allowed to bring a litter box into class to sit next to her desk because she was a cat. And there's nobody saying, there's no adult saying, this is stupid. You can't do this. You just can't do this. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't TV because, you know, my face is like, no way. But We've got to stand against the insanity in this world. We've got to stand even in our own homes. And Jesus said that I've come. This wasn't his desire, but the result mm-hmm. of his coming. Um, I've come uh, to, to divide. 
uh, a household against yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, you stand for me, it's going to cost you precious relationships, but you got to decide whose side you're on. Yeah. Paula, before you go on, let's take a phone call. We've got Jarrett from Bernie on line one. Jarrett, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. Great to talk to you. It's been a while, but um, I love your show. And I just had a question for you. Uh, I have a there's a Bible study group in Bernie that meets, and we're digging into the book of Acts. We're going into some deep waters, and it's been really life-giving. Um, but I have a question about the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and there's, I, I, you know, you hear the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I know once we become a believer, we have Jesus in our heart, and the Holy Spirit is there. A man can't come to call Jesus as Lord and Savior without the Holy Spirit. Um, but I also know in the Bible it talks about men that were baptized in Jesus, but they, you know, they, they never received—I I, don't—I know they received the Holy Spirit, but there was laying of hands on them, and there was a, an indwelling of the Holy Spirit or a filling of the Holy Spirit. I know— we're filled at the point of coming to know Jesus, but I know there's also, you know, Pentecost, and and mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit moves, miraculous things happen, and walls come down, and revival can break out by just the Spirit moving alone, but I just wanted to get your take, because uh, it is a conversation that's taking place in our group, a healthy one. Beautiful. Yeah, good. That's that's the way Bible study is supposed to work, Jared. Thanks very, very much. I can do that. You'll remember when um, post-resurrection, Jesus, uh, we're told, breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit of God. Um, that is akin to our born-again experience. Jesus breathes new life in us uh, when we are born again. That's what he said to Nicodemus. Except a man be born again, he will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're told that if we, if, if we don't have the Spirit of God, we have no part of Jesus. But when he breathes new life in us, now for his disciples, it was physically, it was in, the, in his presence. But he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit of God. Well, that's exactly what happens to us when we get saved, born again. Now, that means the Spirit of God is given to us. Ephesians chapter 1 says that the Spirit is given to us as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And Jared, it's at that point that we have all of Jesus that we're ever going to need. I mean, he is in us. We, we have a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance in the kingdom of, of, of heaven. Uh, so we are saved. We are sealed. We are secure. However, as you get to the book of Acts, there are different relationships with the Holy Spirit that we humans have. Now, to make this simple, the the day of Pentecost was a one-time only, never-to-be-repeated experience. It was the, the, the grand entrance of the Holy Spirit, um, literally baptizing and, and, and initiating the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, he came with the sound of a mighty rushing wind, with cloven tongues of fire, and with the sign gift of speaking in tongues. But they were languages that the people understood. They heard those men declaring the wonders of God in their own language. So that was a one-time only experience. We never should get Acts chapter 2 confused with the subsequent fillings of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Samaria, Philip was sent by God to go to Samaria. And uh, God was doing a great work there, and people were getting saved. But they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Greek word is epi, E-P-I. It's when the Spirit comes upon us. Uh, the, upon would be the English word that we use. And and the reason that, that they had to wait for Peter and John and some of the others to get there was because Jews hated Samaritans, Samaritans hated Jews, and this was simply... Um, validation that God is truly accepting Samaritans just as he accepted us um, on the day of Pentecost. So if God accepts them, we have to accept them. That was the thing. Uh, Those people were saved, but there was this validation process needed that is repeated in Acts chapter 10 when Gentiles are included because it was even worse with Gentiles. So Peter had to be there with Jewish uh, partners 
um, to to validate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, obviously, God knew that there was going to be some difficulty created by by Samaritans and Gentiles. Now, later you get into like Acts chapter nineteen um, and twenty when when uh, Paul came across some um, disciples. It said. And he asked them, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And they said, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. Jared, those people were not Christians. They were disciples, but disciple, the word was used. It means just a student. They were they were disciples of John the Baptist. Um, another example is the, the fiery preacher Apollos. When he was preaching about the one to come, uh, Priscilla and Aquila heard him and said, hey, there's something missing. And they expounded the way of God more fully to him. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And of course, he was a giant figure in the early church. But when we see them coming upon the, whole, upon the, the, the disciples in Ephesus or from Ephesus, that doesn't mean they were saved in the sense that we understand it. Um, Paul just gave them the rest of the story. And and they then they wanted to receive Jesus Christ. That's when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And that's when the gifts of the Spirit were manifest. The power of the Holy Spirit, we make it so mystical and so difficult. But the power of the Holy Spirit is available to each and every Christian every single day. And I think the most instructive thing about the study through the book of Acts, and incidentally, I'm going through the book of Acts on Sundays myself now. Uh, We've just gotten into it pretty well. But um, you'll see the disciples, the apostles themselves being filled one day and then refilled another day and refilled another day. It is an experience, Jared, that we need to repeat over and over and over because without the power of God, we can do nothing. And I think too often we have that one-time experience where we had some gifts or we, we had this emotional moment with the Lord, and it's a wonderful thing. But we think, okay, that does it. No, it doesn't do it. Every single day we need to be filled and refilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Jared, that's what it's all about. I've got uh, my notes if you are interested uh, in our commentary online at calvaryessay.com. It's pretty easy to navigate through them. So if you're interested uh, and that would help give you some input in your Bible study discussion, that would be great. God bless you guys for being in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Paula, you're back. All right. Well, I better go on to my second my second topic. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, with, with Jared having the Bible study, you know, that's that's awesome. And uh, I'm prayerful that they're not just going to Bible study, but they're going to church, and, and they're not just reading the Bible for information, but they're actually putting it into practice. Yeah. Make sure of that, Jared. I had, we had a lady who, we had a Bible study. One of our pastor's wives had a Bible study at her house. But she had to tell those ladies, look, you're not coming to church. You're not doing what the Word says. And she, she said, I, I want to see you at church. If I don't start seeing you at church, I'm going to call this Bible study off. So... Just that was just one of my little exhortations. <laughs> anyway, so um, and then Pastor Ken was saying, when a person is disobedient, what they think and what they feel is more important than their love for Jesus. That gets into my next segue. That's a little segue into my next one. And so on Sunday when we weren't here, you were teaching at Calvary Chapel. Uh, Jesus is the way on the south side. And the first thing you said is Jesus said for you to tell them how much he loves them from Song of Solomon and you know I love Song of Solomon and um, it's one of those not I mean it's kind of gushy mushy you know but um, it's it's the Lord telling us just how much he loves us and so I was I was thrilled with that so verses um, chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 you know your your commentary on that and I'm not going to read everything because we're running out of time but you instructed us to not forget what attracted us to our spouse in the first place. You know, when you came to my door that day, just the cutest thing I ever saw. Um, but then to stay with you, you are a neat and, and clean guy, and you're smart, you have a good memory, uh, all these things that really attracted me to you besides, you know, the blue eyes and sexy blonde hair and, you know, it's you. Spoke well, and I loved your lips. <laughs> See, you have to remember that because my hair is not that blonde anymore, and not very much. But you're still a chia pet. If you didn't, if you didn't get it cut every Wednesday, you'd have all that hair, but it wouldn't be 
And I'd probably grow it out if it was still that blonde. Yeah. It would be cute. You'd be cute. <laughs> You'd still be cute. But don't forget what attracted you to your spouse in the first place. And then remember, you know, around here we say people are the way they are for a reason. The the girl in the in the story was not cared for. She wasn't a privileged person, and she was self-conscious. But the one who was attracted to her didn't see all that. He just saw her beauty, not just on the outside, but on the inside. Yeah, I got to tell the people at the other church this past Sunday that, that the first time I saw you, literally, you took my breath away. But I was honestly able to say after 53 years... You still, it'll be 53 in March. It'll be 53 March. Yeah, after 53 years, you still take my breath away. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to remember that. That's why marriage, of course, needs, needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, you know. <laughs> Not everybody else needs to know. But, um, but you know, our, our, the, the, your favorite word in this is verdant. It means green and passionate. Um, but to see your spouse through Jesus' eyes, um, you know, you had a question from, I think, Jonathan. Was it Jonathan? Where he asked yesterday, you know, the the honeymoon is over. Honeymoon my, phase of the marriage. Uh-huh, out of the phase of the marriage. I think it was Jonathan. Yeah. Well, but anyway, okay. And how do I get that back? Well, it takes work, you know, remembering and um, keeping the spark going. You know, every once in a while, you'll you'll say to me, because you know me really well, um, but you know, we try to change stuff up every once in a while, and just keep you guessing sometimes. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, you we have to work at it. You know, don't take each other for granted for one thing. Find out what your spouse really likes and go out of your way to make sure that that happens. You know, um, one pastor's wife conference in California many, many years ago. Um, the pastor and the wife were kind of having a little, you know, little trouble, and she couldn't understand it, and he said, look in the pantry. Look in the refrigerator. There's nothing in here, hardly anything in here that I like. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids and what you want. And she took that to heart. Um, and she changed that. He is her first ministry. And that, that really impacted me. You know, Paul, I didn't say this to the, in answer to that question, but, and people hate it when I say this, but um, if a marriage is lukewarm, it's a sign of a much bigger problem because it's, it's a sign that your relationship with Jesus is lukewarm. Mm. Oh, no, I love Jesus more than I ever loved him. Well, if you really loved him, then you'd, 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 you'd make sure that your husband or your wife felt loved. And how many times did I say this past Sunday that, men, your job is to make your wife feel like the most beautiful, the most precious, the most loved woman on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. That's, you, you're going to stand before Jesus and give account for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, the reality is if if a marriage cools down if you uh, lose touch with one another, it's because you've lost touch with Jesus. We need his power. It's his love that's been deposited into our hearts. And he wants me to love you with his love mm-hmm. because I've already demonstrated in our lives together that my love stinks. Yeah. yeah. My love is conditional and ugly. And mm-hmm. so Jesus said, but, but if you're with me, you can love her with my love. Yeah. And, of course, that's an infinite pool of love to withdraw. Absolutely. Um, when you got to chapter 2, uh, verses 3 through 6, and I have 6 circled, you know, they're in the embrace, the actual act of love, physically excited, but then I have this in all capital and circled, but emotionally safe. Um, you, you know, she knows and that his eyes are only for her. Yeah, God wants us to feel this safe in our salvation because he's got me. But in this marriage situation with the earthly spouse that you have, um, yeah, we should feel safe with yeah, each there, other. There can't be real passion unless, and I tell this to them, unless your wife feels emotionally, um, physically, and spiritually safe. Yeah. And that, that embrace in the act of lovemaking 
uh, it's repeated twice in the book, uh, his left arm is around her neck, holding her head, and his right arm is around her waist, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's a place where this woman, remember, she she's an abused woman. I mean, she's she's a neglected woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, her brothers were taking advantage of her. There's been no man in her life ever to rightly represent God, and um, and finally, for the first time, there's a man who's looking into her eyes, and he's saying. Oh, beautiful you are, my darling. You are perfect for me. But he's doing that with, with this safe place expression of his love. Mm-hmm. And she can let go. Yeah. Because she feels safe. Yeah. And that's that's what's meant when two become one. And, um, you know, we, we just sort of forget all about that. We sort of forget all about that. Yeah. I'm doing some pre-marriage counseling right now with some kids that have grown up here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the last um, uh, pre-marriage counseling session is always sex. Oh, yeah, I know. And, Usually I'm there for that one because yeah. the girl wants to feel, you know, when they're talking about that, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Will you be there, Mama Papa? Communicating to the man uh, that your role is to make her feel that safe, yeah. that secure. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we, we just, we don't really talk about that in most marriages. And it's so important. And, and because this is a real historical story, these are two real people. And because it's also the word of God, it's a story of, of Jesus loving us. You know, when you read the Song of Songs, uh, it's, uh, it's broken down by headings. And there's the lover, the beloved, and the friends. Mm-hmm. And the lover is Jesus. Yeah. And so when Solomon is looking into her eyes and saying, you are just it for me. You're yeah. perfect, yeah. all beautiful, no flaw in you. Yeah. Um, when he's look, That's Jesus looking into your eyes with an arm around your neck mm-hmm. and an arm around your waist. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you are, you are so safe. You are so secure. Mm-hmm. I will protect you always. And one of the things that frustrates me as a pastor is there's always people who think God doesn't love them or, or God is, is angry at them or, well, well, what if I did this? Will I lose my salvation? And, and uh, you know, imagine how that breaks the heart of Jesus who's trying to hold you and say, no, listen mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Listen to mm-hmm. me. What you said about that was please stop arguing with God. He thinks you're flawless. And when he is complimenting and looking into our eyes, he's doing all of it without any criticism. There's no but. Not a word of criticism. Yeah, not one single word. And so you instructed us to look at our spouse through Jesus' eyes. And again, you were harping on this, Pastor Ron. (laughs) Driving it home, you said, read the word with each other. And to the husbands, you said, not only pray for your wife. You know, a lot of men are, are, are faithful to pray for their wives, you know. Lord, help her to be a better housekeeper. We don't let her burn the toast, you know, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> um, but to pray Lord, with her daily. Yeah. I mean, I so appreciate that. And when we're in a hurry, like we were one day this week, and we got in the car, I said, you know, Pastor Ron, I'm used to you praying for me. So you need to, I'm driving. <laughs> go ahead and pray for me. And, and you did. Um, but then we, as you go on, um, you know, flawless Flawless in Jesus' eyes, um, the woman becomes secure, you know, where we are comfortable to share our secrets and um, our insecurities, knowing that you're going to pray not only for, but with, and asking the Lord um, to help us with that. And um, It's interesting, of, Paula. We ought to be able to, to confess our faults, our sins, one to another, husband and wife. Yeah. And we don't do it because it makes us feel weird or, well, mm-hmm. she might think this or he might think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you feel safe and secure, mm-hmm. then you won't do that. And, and you know, I, one of the things I admire about you the most is the way you respond to conviction of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, when that happens, um, I want to be a safe place for you to come. Yeah. And we don't think about that. But that's what Jesus is doing. In that song, you know, Solomon wrote a thousand songs, but this is the only one written by God. Yeah. And and it makes it really, really important. Yeah. And then you told the men, or the ladies, actually. Uh, we're inside three minutes already, uh, But I'm going to so. say, you said ladies. The men love it when we're aggressive. And I tell the ladies that, too. You know, don't always wait for the husband to make the move. 
you know. Um, be aggressive. <laughs> Let him know just how much you love him. Let him know that he is still the guy for you, you know. I tell you all the time, I'm I married so well <laughs> that you're a neat, clean guy. Just I, I'm so I'm so happy. But you, you know, were, you as, were looking for tall, dark, and Denzel, and got stuck with me. But it worked out. It worked out really <laughs> well. I'm so happy. Um, but our love should grow for each other, you know. And that's a picture of our love growing for the Lord too, being grateful um, for the gift that. God has put in our in my home. And then the other thing is, how do you talk about your spouse when you're with other people? Husbands and wives must be friends. You know, if I'm going to go on a vacation, I want you to be there. You know, if I'm going to go somewhere, I want you to be there. When, I, when I'm at home by myself, my whole day is, well, 4 o'clock. For this radio program, <laughs> my, my body's on a schedule. Four o'clock comes at four o'clock, but then it's time for me to come pick you up, or you know, for you to be home. And my whole day is is kind of scheduled around that to make sure that you know that you're important to me as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what, we're really running out of time. But what I'd like you to share with the ladies in the audience uh, your feeling about me seeing you in the morning and in the evening. Yeah. No, when when you leave and I'm in my gym clothes or my pajamas still or something, there's no way, unless I'm just deathly ill, um, that I'm going to let you see me that same way when you come. It's too important to me to be you care. Hey, we are out of time. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the day-to-day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.